from the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey. And next time, Matt, where do you want this taking place? Let's say Connecticut. Yes. And no, Connecticut. you're supposed to play, you're supposed to say Chipotle there. Oh. <laughs> See, we've already failed dress rehearsal, it's, folks. It's, it's, this it's is... Connecticut because that's the closest town with the Chipotle. <laughs> And Stucco knows all about that, too, let me tell you. Yes, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for December 19th, 2019, the long-awaited, way-overdue podcast with two guys who have crushed it at the Yes Network, crushed it at college with me at The Q, and now are doing big things in their big lives. Seth Rothman and Matt Stucco, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having us. And hey... Before we even get into this, I just want to say I love that you've just been getting after it day after day during college, after college, just sticking with it. And also, too, Seth, the same thing with him. I remember being at Quinnipiac, and we'd go into all these sports media meetings, and he would, him and um, it was the other dude, uh, Steve, see, I don't remember Steve as much. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Steve. No, but Seth, just like seeing him there, just controlling the entire group and organizing everything, and now seeing him in, in this professional setting, and just how well that he's done has been no, to no surprise, but it's just so awesome that uh, the three of us as Quinnipiac grads continue to uh, work together in the same field and also just continue to keep on making progress. So, um, yeah, thank you for having us. And it's awesome that we're able to hear uh, talk the three of us right now and do this. Well, he said it as well as I ever could have. So I'll just say <laughs> what he said. I will uh, copy that as well. And Seth's my first ever radio boss. So for all of you who love the podcast, you can thank him. Um, yeah, man, it's nuts. And then we walk around and we're like, wow, now we're getting paid. Exactly. And, like, <laughs> we're still in the same place. It's so cool. Yes, it's crazy how this stuff works. Um all right, Seth is a researcher. Seth is the guy who should have his own show. Stucco is the guy who does have his own show on the Yes Network called The Feed. <laughs> we will start with the guy who does not have his own show but has one heck of a Twitter feed. Um, you did a podcast. This is the second golf podcast you've been on, Seth, you realize, because you were also on Course of Life with, with senior teeing it up golf analyst and chief golf betting analyst, Um Alex Lazan, and yes, he has all those titles. It's a very long intro. I have to give Alex. Um, and so, how, first of all, how do you feel um, coming onto a golf podcast? As long as I'm not talking golf, so I have some expertise <laughs> somewhere, I'm okay. Okay, uh, but uh, this, this, this this is true. And uh, but I I did not talk golf on that podcast. I presume I will not be talking golf in this podcast either. Yes. All right, and now. Um, for those out there who don't know your role, um, your role is, is basically, I wake up, I sit down, I look for every stat that I think is interesting and available, and I put it together. That's kind of what you do in a nutshell. But there's a lot more to it, and that's why people bow down to you every day in the research department, Correct. Well, I'll say this, uh, we, we do, nobody bows down to me. I, I will say that first and foremost. Um, uh, a day in the life, if uh, you will, I think that's sort of the question that you're asking. Yeah. Um, we 
we have to put together what's called the research one sheet every day, which is theoretically a one sheet of information on that day's game. Uh, it is never a one sheet. It is never a two sheet. It is never a three sheet. It is usually about a 20 sheet. Uh, I probably put together about two pages of that. We try and get that done before we even get to the office. Uh, James Smythe, who is one of the best baseball, one of the best sports researchers in the entire country, um, uh, he puts together probably about 15 pages, pages worth of stuff every single day. And then we send that out to our announcers, our, our um, um, research team, our graphics team. Uh, Yankees PR gets it as well. Uh, and that's, that's sort of a day in the life. And then we get here and we do the game and whatever happens in the game, we try to react to, but, um, it's, it's fun, man. It's, it's something that, um, I, 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 uh, never quite thought I would be doing, uh, but I love doing it. It's, it's so much fun. All right, so now... We've been in the same room for these production meetings, and he'll be sitting, like, either right next to or a chair over from some all-time greats like Buck Showalter, David Wells, and then you got all these other masterminds in baseball from our coworkers and some of our talent, like Jack Curry, and uh, just to see Seth swap some of these stats and some of these ideas for a show that's being put together is just kind of like... It's pretty surreal to see, you know, and... um I myself would, would, I think I'd be uh, a little bit nervous to say some of the numbers or some of the lines or some of the ideas uh, that Seth does to these guys because it's just like, holy shit. (laughs) This is, is, talk about uh, quality over quantity of a conversation of a a room full of people. So, uh, yeah, uh, he's definitely crushing it. Um, There's been time, we had Buck Showalter in um, for the postseason and we had him in a little bit in, in the regular season. And that was one of my first real, like, you know, wow moments of, like, this is a guy that when I first started watching baseball, this guy was the manager of the Yankees. And I am now helping him prepare for an ALCS game (laughs) in the postseason. And it was just like, you know, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I got here. But it's him, whether it's him, Coney, Jack Curry, who when he was with the Times, I used to read him all the time. Bob Lorenz, before I started working here, I used to watch him every day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Singleton, uh, Kenny Singleton was the broadcaster when I first decided I wanted to get into journalism. That moment I decided that's what I want to do, I was watching Jim Cott and Ken Singleton on a Yankees game on MSG Network. And I get to work with Kenny now uh, once in a while. Um, and make him look good. And, 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 yes. help, and all these other guys. And, and, and help him prepare to do the job that got me interested in this field in, in the first place. It's, uh, there are days I walk into this building and I just, I can't believe where I am. Um, we are talking with Seth Rothman and Matt Stucco, <laughs> my friends who both work at the Yankee Entertainment and Sports Network, also com- more commonly known as the Yes Network. Um, now we move on to Stucco, and this is going to be a very long intro, so just give me a second here. Um, there is no nicer person that is more well-respected by the pantheon of athletes who he has interacted with than Matt Stucco. Um, I, I, I've never talked to somebody who hasn't liked you, and you've befriended people from A to Z. I don't know how you've done it. I don't know how it's happened. 
and they finally had the wherewithal at Yes to give you a damn show because you deserved it for a long time because your life has been a show. From going to Lakewood Blue Claw Games when you were, what, like two months? I have no idea when you started uh, talking to players. All the way up to now where he's the host of The Feed, it, it blows my fucking mind how far you've come, Matt. And Seth knows what Seth means to me, but now I get to tell the world what Matt means to me, that, that just the friendship we've had that goes back forever because we're from similar areas. He yeah. went to the he, he went to the high school who robbed us of a state golf title my senior year, but we won't go there. Um, so there, I, I just I have so much respect for you personally, but what you've done professionally boggles my mind. So I guess uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you first respond to my intro. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. No, thank you. And 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 uh, it it doesn't happen with just oneself. Um, I had mentioned earlier in this phone call that uh, yourself and Seth and myself, the three of us still being in this business, a lot of it's uh, very mental um, because you do go through a lot, just like any other job, but also to sticking with it and just not giving up. And I'd like to think that the three of us are three people who have not given up, and that's why we're here today. And I think that uh, is a huge attribution and, and credibility as to uh, how I've been able to get those relationships from those days in Lakewood as a 15, 16-year-old uh, going down to Trenton, uh, keeping in touch with all these guys who eventually made it to the major leagues. And uh, a big relationship guy, uh, I always want to help people. Um, and I always look out, or I tried my hardest to look out for anybody who it is that I'm interviewing or uh, working with. You know, and 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 that's how I am too, personally with with friendships and with uh, family members. Because I always just want the best for everybody, and if there's a way that I could help make that happen for whoever it is, I always I always try my hardest to. And that's just something that I've always um, really took pride in, and and it does translate again well from personally to professionally. So I just try my hardest to do that, and just take take everything day by day. Let me ask you this, Matt, because this is, I've had a couple people ask me this, and I've wondered it myself. Um, let's just throw out somebody here randomly. Um, let's throw out Mr. Judge, Aaron Judge, okay? Maybe you interacted with, with him at the lower levels, maybe you didn't. How do you, here's somebody who could be doing 12 billion things pregame, who can be doing 12,000 things if it's a pitcher on their off day, like playing golf. So how do you get somebody to come sit down and have a conversation with you about what could be a myriad of things, whether it's their social media feed, whether it's their food idiosyncrasies, whether it's why they came to such team, how do you get them to sit down with you in the first place? Because you are a digital guy. You are not the guy who's going to show up on the Yes Network unless there's a rain delay before you got this show. So how did you convince these people in the first place to sit down with you? Dude, that was so accurate. <laughs> and I think they have a nickname for me up here. I don't uh, Rain Man or something. I don't know what you guys call me up in the studio, but uh, no, that's a that's a, a a very very good question. I think it again just goes back to relationships, and also too a lot of these guys say a guy like uh, Aaron Hicks, who I met back in 2010, or. Uh, Garrett Cole, who I met back maybe even earlier before then, uh, 
shoot, a lot of these guys who I've known for such a long time, one of the go-to lines that I usually use um, if I don't get an interview that day or that or, or, or that next day, or if it's an away player who's not going to be back until uh, the end of the season, usually it's just like, hey, you know what? We have 162 games to do this. We don't have to do it today. We can do it next week, I understand. Or, hey, we've been in this game for 10 years together already. We want to be in this game for another 10 years. So, hey, it's all right that we didn't get it during this homestand, and you're not going to be back here until next year. We could always do it next year. So I always try to give uh, options for the people who I'm talking to and kind of let them be in control and them have a good choice and not ever make them feel that they need to talk to me. I want them to talk to me. So I don't ever go through um, uh, PR for any sort of team. It's just, again, purely relationship-based. Wow. Uh, so I actually went through PR for the New Jersey Devils um, and, and some basketball interviews. But outside of that, baseball, uh, and, and there's been one guy who I – have not seen at the big league level because he'd been hurt a lot recently, who I knew and met uh, from, I believe it was 2005 when he was playing with the Lexington Legends in the Houston Astros minor league system, and that was Hunter Pence. So out of all the guys who I know from spending almost 10 years in the minor leagues, he's the one guy who I have not seen at the big league level. So hopefully it'll happen this, uh, this year. He's got a fast ride. Let me also jump in on this because something that I think Stucco, you know, first of all, he's guys trust him, right? Guys know that he's not going to screw them over, and I think that's also important, right? Like it's, you know, when you've got a beat writer, um, and I think the baseball players are pretty good with the, with the beat writers too, and 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 relationships between media and press and baseball is actually pretty pretty good, um, but. I trust Stucco, and you can tell that in the way that his interviews and that his segments go, that that these guys, first of all, it's it's something different. It's something off the beaten path, which is important. We're not talking about current events. We're not talking about the team or how the game is going or, you know, why'd you strike out last night? It's something different. And the guys legitimately have fun with it, and, and I think that that is about how much they trust him to tell their story fairly. Mm. Yeah, it's a valid point. It is It is a very valid point. There is a comfort there which just shocks me, but it's totally understandable when it's a relationship business and you've built that over time. Talking with Seth Rothman, researcher, Yes Network, Matt Stucco, host of The Feed on the Yes Network, and there's a whole bunch of digital content for YesNetwork.com. Um, let's talk about Garrett Cole because I, I think it's a good way of looking at how you both do what what you do. Um, Seth, I'm going to give you a couple seconds uh, in, in case you need to take out some papers and get yourself settled before I ask you a stats question about Cole. <laughs> he probably knows all this stuff off the top of his head. Well, I'll first go to Stucco yeah. and then I'll go back to Seth. Um, from a relationship business, you've, you, you, you said you've known Cole for a while. What are you most interested in seeing both as a, as a baseball fan, the pitcher, and then him, the person and game to hopefully talk to and sit down with him this year? Yeah, I, man, he was great. I mean, uh, uh, shoot, going back to knowing him during the minor league days, and then eventually when we saw each other at uh, the big league level, and I'll, I guess I'll share this story as just kind of a way to uh, tell what type of person that he is. But um, it was 2014. I go into the Pittsburgh Pirates away clubhouse at Yankee Stadium. 
right away. So he goes, hey, Matt, like in his like deep kind of like voice, I'm sure you know it, um, go over to him, do the whole like bro hug, awesome to see each other up here, just excited. And uh, I was like, shoot, well, since we're both up here, you want to go rip this interview outside? He's like, yeah, let's do it. So like right away, uh, he puts his glove on uh, and his shoes and goes outside and we're sitting in the dugout, we're just talking, we're just having fun. And then uh, Pedro Alvarez walks over and is sitting there and he's just like talk, uh, listening to our conversation, seeing us have fun. And at the time, Pedro Alvarez, he was a pretty big name. This is like 2014, hitting a lot of home runs. I think he may have been in rumors to go to the New York team at the time. And he was a New York guy, so he had a lot of media attention. So um, towards the end of the interview, or at the very end, um, we stop. And then Garrett looks over to Pedro and says, Pedro, now it's your turn. So I never even had met Pedro before, but like Garrett right there, I, I thought it said a lot about who he was as a person in, in our relationship, where he was just like, hey, uh, 20, 30 run home, home run hitter, uh, it's your turn now, come have some fun. So then <laughs> off the cuff, did an interview with Pedro Alvarez, which is pretty crazy, but that's just the type of person that Garrett is, uh, uh, a professional um, I, I think he, everybody saw him at the press conference, was very impressed with him. Uh, he, he's just very smooth, you know, um, and, and he, he genuinely is a good person. So uh, that's my Cole story. But, yeah, I can't wait to see him in spring training. Hopefully have him in the car. Definitely have him on the feed because he started an Instagram account. And uh, he's, I think, a little bit active on Twitter. Uh, not all too long ago. So, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll hopefully be getting you guys some good Garrett Cole stuff in the near future. You know, on, on that note, too, I think it was interesting because if you saw Garrett Cole at his last press conference with the Astros where he wore the Scott Boris hat, I think a lot of people got a weird impression about him off that. Um, and I almost related to Kyrie Irving. Like, a lot of people thought Kyrie Irving was this awful guy, and in Boston he was a curmudgeon and not happy. Kyrie Irving came into, to, to, you know, came here and, and was amazing. Right. has been relatable and fascinating and a really fun interview. And Garrett Cole at the stadium at his press conference was kind of like that. He was really entertaining, really interesting, seemed really down to earth, seemed really open to talking about how he does things. Um, and and it's, it's, it's cool to me to see a star like that mm -hmm. be willing to be so open with the media. Uh, we obviously hope that that continues when he's actually mm -hmm. here. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, it was interesting to kind of see his personality at, at, at that presser. That's a really interesting point. Now, Seth, from a... And, and and that dichotomy between how it ended in Houston, which was not the way anybody wanted it, I, I, I think he probably has some regrets over that. And obviously for the Astros, not getting in that game was was, was something that A.J. Hinch will have to think about for a long time. Um, as you look at it now, Seth, from a numbers perspective, I think a lot of people see the years the 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 money and think are there any red flags here is there anything that that should give me pause or are we getting somebody great for nine years or i think it's the opt-outs after five years i believe um opt-outs after five yeah yeah five so not to get negative here but is there anything as, as you've poured over coal stuff in the last 24 hours is there anything that has given you pause and and not that you have to judge if he's worth it or not, but just in general, 
you know, is, is this somebody who you think Yankee fans can expect a Sabathia-like consistency for over a long period of time or a Pettit-like consistency? Wow, that, there's a lot on that question. Um, so That's a great question. Yeah, it is yeah. a question, yeah. <laughs> so let me start with this. Garrett Cole last season had a 2-5 ERA, 376 strikeouts or whatever it was. I don't know, whatever it was, however many strikeouts he had. Um... Um, I don't know that we can expect that kind of season again, right? Same as Giancarlo Stanton when he first came here, had that 52 home run season, NL MVP. You could not expect him to have that good of a season again. Um, what I will say is this. When you look at wins above replacement and what every one win above replacement costs, on a conservative basis, it costs about $6 million for one win above replacement and probably closer to seven million dollars for every win above replacement. Garrett Cole last year had a war of seven. <laughs> okay. mm. On a conservative basis, he's worth $36 million a season right now, and that's on a conservative basis. So it could actually be $42 million, maybe even $49 million a season right now. Um, so, so on a conservative basis, he is absolutely 100% worth that contract. Now, your next question is, nine years, is that too long? Which of the current Yankees, aside from Garrett Cole, will be on the roster in nine years? We have absolutely no idea. Some of the guys on the roster in nine years might not have even been born yet, might not even be playing baseball yet. So to, to, to try and say that we don't want to go to that ninth year, we'll, we'll do eight years but not nine years, would have been extremely silly because you have no idea what your roster will look like in eight years. You have no idea what your roster will look like in nine years. This deal was about the Yankees' core of Judge, Sanchez, Severino, um, uh, Torres, and Duhar. Um, help me, Matt. I'm struggling. Other guys. The, the main core of guys, right, is together for three to four more years at which point guys will be at arbitration, um, guys will be, there will be reason to wonder, right, whether all of these players will still be available, will still be on the team. Or if you could even afford all or, of them. It, right. Right, it, right. Yeah. Which, which, which is what I was trying to say. Right, you may not be able to afford Judge, Sanchez, Severino, all these guys in four years. You're going to have to start to make hard choices. And what if DJ keeps being great? What if Rochella keeps getting, you know, keeps being great? I mean, that's a lot of money, you, you know, right. the Steinbrenner so, oh, would have to outlay. Exactly. I mean, for me, this contract is not about years six, seven, eight, and nine. This contract is about the next five years. I think the opt-out being in five years is interesting to me because if, if, if Garrett Cole is what he is right now in five years, he opts out. The Yankees can then give him that extra year and lock him up, lock him up for five more years. If Garrett Cole's not as good for those five years, maybe he's worth thirty-two million dollars a year, thirty million dollars a year. Garrett Cole maybe opts out, maybe doesn't opt out. Who knows? If Garrett Cole opts out of that deal, it's because the Yankees got what they wanted out of him. Mm. If if Garrett Cole opts out, that means that he has had a war of 35 over the next five years. 
That means he's averaged seven wins above replacement over the next five years. Jeremy, what did I say a win above replacement was worth? Six million, I think. On a conservative basis, six million dollars. If Garrett Cole is a thirty-five war player over the next five years, thirty-five times six. I'm using my phone, so I can't do the calculation. Is what seventy one forty? What is it? Two hundred and ten million dollars. I'm horrible at math. If I was good, I, <laughs> I think I, I think that's two hundred and ten million over over the next five five years. Yeah, two ten. And and so he's been made worth it. Yeah, that deal. And that. So again, um, you asked me a long-winded question. I gave you a long-winded answer. <laughs> uh, I will give you the Reader's Digest too long didn't read version. Is Garrett Cole worth it? The answer is yes. <laughs> Oh man, uh, we we could go all day. We will go all day. We got uh, a, a minute left in this part, and then I guess we'll release this part and then do a part two at some point. Sure, hell yeah. Um, okay, so in the forty-five seconds we have left in in part one of Stucco Schilling Rothman. Seth Stucco Schilling, something like that. We'll think of a fun name for this version of, uh, of uh, teeing it up. You both are fathers. Uh, Seth, you're an uncle. And Stucco, you're a dad of a dog. Um, <laughs> so, best thing about being a father slash uncle, we will start with Stucco. It helps get you out of bed in the morning and help you be more active and kind of teaches you responsibilities like... Uh, you got to be home at night by a certain time, or you can't sleep in until 10 a.m. You actually have to get up at 6.30 a.m. and walk the dog. If Beck is listening to this, she's probably laughing because she's the one that usually wakes up at 6.30 a.m. and walks the dog. I'm more of the uh, nighttime walker. But, I, dude, that is, that's the best. And, I mean, like, it just kind of helps put things into perspective. And I know a dog's not a kid or anything like that, but it really does, uh, like, just make you realize the more important things in life and what really makes you happy. And by the way, the Instagram for that dog is? Piper Wags. At Piper Wags, baby. <laughs> I, I, I had to shout it out. She's not on Twitter just yet, but the, uh, she has been featured on the Black Dog, which is a, an apparel and dog store up in uh, Massachusetts, on their Instagram page, right next to Bryce Vine, who's a really good music artist. Um, a personal favorite actually so that's pretty cool and the video of her like me telling her to wake up because Garrett Cole just went to the Yankees somehow now has like one of the highest reach out of any of my more recent posts so I guess it probably popped up on the Explore page but yeah one day hopefully make her into a little star look at that I mean that's just insane he's Matthew Stucco host of the feed works for yesnetwork.com you've got to run so I will let you run Seth stay here and Seth, the best part about being a father slash uncle to your uh, two wonderful people who you get to call family? Yeah, so it's it's actually pretty funny, Jeremy. I FaceTime with them. Uh, well, FaceTime is the pejor. I mean, I, I have a I don't have a um, I, I have a droid, so I <laughs> I Facebook Messenger them um, probably three to four times a week. Uh, normally, it's during dinner time, so that she. So that Abby's in a static spot, and I can actually, t- you know, talk to her. Um, and of course, Jake is still so young that all I do is kind of smile at him, and he smiles back. Uh, but the funny part is when I Facebook Messenger with them, when I when I Facetime with them, I'm in the office. 
most times. And I actually, I walk off my desk. Um, uh, my boss kind of knows the signal that I give him when I say I'm going to be away for about 10 minutes. And I literally, I walk into the elevator lobby. <laughs> and I do it from there. So people are coming and going. Uh, Bob Lorenz has said hi to, to Abby. Jack Curry has said hi to Abby. Chris Shear, Nancy Newman. Because if they're walking, a lot of times it's like right before our show. And so they'll be walking into the elevator to go up to the to the studio, and I always get these really funny kind of laughs from them when they see what I'm doing because they know exactly what I'm doing, um, and and I think that that is always pretty funny to me is when I'm doing it in the office. Everybody knows what I'm doing; they're totally cool with it. You know, it's only about t ten minutes, but uh, but it's it's been pretty funny to kind of see other people's reaction to it. Um, it's great, man. It's like it's just something. I'm actually going down there this weekend to go see them, and it's always it always gives me something to look forward to. I always have another visit planned before the last one ends. So it, there's always, even if it's two months down the road, it's just something to look forward to. And when you see a smiling baby, like that's there's nothing better. That is that there is nothing better than a smiling baby. It's somebody who's who is a. Uncle slash big cousin in, in quotes to a couple kids. I can attest there is absolutely nothing better. All right. That is part one of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling featuring Seth Rothman and Matthew Stucco of the Yes Network. We will do part two early next week, which includes, Seth, your different dress codes at work. So... That this is going to be a very interesting conversation because we're not actually talking about your specific dress codes. That's, All right. So there, All right. there, there is a twist to this statement. That is your tease. Right. Seriously, folks, Seth does not know what I'm talking about. And well, the audience's tease for what we'll be doing next week. So that is that. Thank you, Seth. And thank you all for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. We will see you next week for part two of Schilling, Stucco, and Rothman on Teeing It Up.